about this series. We had a great morning already today in the first service, and we're uh, excited about what God is doing and is going to do uh, today in this service. Uh, this is the beginning of a brand new uh, five-week series entitled The Story of My Life, and uh, I'm going to sing a little One Direction now, so get ready. No, um, But uh, <laughs> how many of you love a good story? I mean, you just love to hear a good story. I think we all do. I think it's pretty much kind of a, you know, a universal thing. Uh, it's always fun when you get together, you know, with friends or family, and sometimes it might be a holiday or a special event. Honestly, a lot of times it's just around a good meal and, and you're telling stories. Well, here's part of the good news. I really believe that every one of you here this morning have uh, a story about your life that you enjoy telling. You know, maybe it's something like, well, you know, let me tell you about the time when, uh, you know, I had this problem, but I overcame it. Uh, or maybe you had a particular goal in life and you really had to work toward it and you accomplished it. Or we, ha- we all have those stories about our life where, you know, let me tell you about that time where I did something really, really stupid, you know. And, uh, but it ended up kind of funny and we love, those, uh, we love those funny stories. However, here's what I also know today. My guess is just about everybody here in this room, myself included there, we've got stories that, you know, we'd probably rather not share right? Are you with me? You know, maybe, uh, maybe you're here today and say, Pastor Chris, I don't have just a story I'd rather not tell. I got a whole chapter, you know, of my life that I'd rather, you know, not share with anybody. You know, I, I wish I could go back and kind of, you know, hit the delete button because there's some things in my life, you know, as I look back on my story and I go, you know, I'm kind of ashamed of and uh, I, I wish I could undo them. You know, what, what's so interesting is I've kind of been thinking about this, uh, this series is that as I think back over my own life and I start to realize how many of those just seemingly small, insignificant decisions that I made that really ended up having like a huge dramatic impact on the direction of my life, kind of on the trajectory of, of my life and, and where, where, it, where it ended up. You ever think about that? You know, the small decisions that you make and, and the, the impact, the lasting real impact that they've had on your life one, one way or another. I mean, sometimes, you know, I, I go back and think, you know, when, uh, when I was a kid, uh, a friend of mine simply invited me to come visit his youth group. And uh, it, it was the summer uh, right before I went to high school. And I was 13 years old, getting ready to turn 14 that summer. And uh, truthfully, in, in my life at that time, it was a really, um, it was a real difficult time. Uh, my dad had passed away earlier that year. He died. And, um, you know, I was what you would call a, a hurting, uh, lonely, and pretty angry uh, young man, pretty angry kid. But then I look back and I think, you know, man, that, that one simple decision now like 34 years ago, uh, to visit a youth group, man, it just completely changed my life. You know, I, I remember, you know, I met a youth pastor and I met, you know, some other people at that church. And, and honestly, and I, at that time, I probably really didn't have the words to describe what happened. But at least I knew that there was something about them. There was something in their life that, that they had that I didn't have. And I knew it, but I wanted it. And uh, they were going to camp. 
the following week, this, this particular youth group, and uh, they invited me to, to go with them. And, and, and I'm serious. I can look back at that today, and I remember, man, I was this close to not going. Because, you know, 13-year-old kid, I got plenty to do over the summer, right? You know, really busy with big, important things. And, you know, but um, I decided to go. I ended up uh, giving my life to Christ that week. And it, it forever changed the story of my life. And I think back on that. And, you know, again, somebody just simply invited me to go to a youth group and I went and I heard this message something happened man God got a hold of my life and oh my gosh now you know 34 years later my whole life is completely changed and in a weird way I look at it and I go and you're here because of that all because I can trace it back to one small, seemingly insignificant decision to go visit a youth group. For you, maybe, um, maybe you remember that time when you were in college, you know, and, and uh, you think, man, I gotta take an extra class and I really just need an easy A and so I need an elective and I kinda heard that this was a no-brainer type of class and so you enrolled in that particular class. You didn't even care about the subject whatsoever, and yet all of a sudden you find yourself kind of falling in love with it, and you changed your major, and you end up getting this great career based on that one small, seemingly insignificant decision to enroll, enroll in the class. And now you can look back on it and go, man, I cannot believe how that one small decision ended up changing my whole story. Now, those are positive examples but the other side is true as well and many of you are well too familiar with this because sometimes the stories aren't always that positive you know maybe sometimes you can look back on certain decisions and now you say wow I I had no idea that when I made that choice or that decision how it would impact my life now in such a negative way. And maybe today you look back and you go, man, I wish, I wish I'd never decided to do that. I wish I'd, I wish I'd never decided to take that drink when they offered it. I wish, I, I wish I could go back and I had no idea that when I decided to go out with that person, go on that date, just how negatively that would end up impacting my life and how my life would start to unravel. Think about this for a second today. The decisions that you made yesterday, in a large part, determine the stories that you're telling with your life today. I think that's true. The decisions you made in the past that you made yesterday help determine the stories that you're telling today. Now, here is the great, great good news. And I want this to, I really want this to sink in today. 
Because again, some of you are here today and you're thinking, man, the story of my life. The decisions that you make today, the decisions that you make today can help determine the stories that you're going to tell tomorrow. You see, your decisions, your choices really, really matter. And then, man, here it is right here. Some of you today, you are just like one decision, one choice away from a brand new story, a better story. So the question that we're going to be wrestling with uh, this whole series, what I want you to begin thinking about it today is this. How do we live a story worth telling? How do we live a life that produces the story that you want to end up telling? Now, I think at least part of the answer uh, is found in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. And this is kind of, kind of look at this verse as like kind of the big theme verse, the big picture verse uh, for this entire series. Here's what it says. Follow along. Let us fix our eyes on who? Okay, you're in church. Ding, 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 ding. We have a winner. Correct answer. You can say Jesus when you're in church, right? Chances are the answer might be Jesus. And it is. Let us fix our eyes on who? Say it again. Jesus. The what? Say this with me, this next word. The author and perfecter of our faith. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. The author and perfecter of our faith. Wouldn't it be amazing if you let Jesus today, the Son of God, the King of Kings, become the author of your life, the author of your story, and to help you live a life, live a story that God wanted to tell through you. So how do you live a story worth telling? I believe part of the answer is fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, and then he's going to help us tell the story that God wants us to tell. So, here's what we're going to do over the next five weeks together. I'm going to challenge you, all of us, myself included, to make five decisions. And uh, I, I want every single person here, uh, I would love for you to be a part of this series the entire uh, five weeks, because we're going to make five very important decisions. Week one today, we're going to talk about uh, deciding to start something. Today, and I want you to think in terms of something small, and I'll talk about that in a minute, uh, but, but a, a discipline maybe or a habit, it's a small choice that's going to help you tell the story that God wants to tell in your life uh, tomorrow. Now, week number two, next week, we're going to decide to stop. We're going to make the decision uh, to stop all of us. I mean, it really it doesn't matter what your story is. We've all got, you know, whether it's behaviors or mindsets or attitudes or actions that quite honestly are kind of hindering us from telling the story that God wants to tell in our lives. And so there's something that's interrupting our story and we need to stop. Week number three, we're going to decide to stay when it would be easier to go. Because so often we quit on something too soon. And we give up on something really important when it would be better to stick it out. 
Maybe we quit on God. Maybe we quit on the church. Maybe we quit on a friendship or a relationship or a dream. And it would be better to stay. And so we're going to talk about deciding to stay the course. But week four, we're going to talk about deciding to go when it would be easier to stay. Because here's what I can guarantee every person in here today is that at some point in your life, in order for you and I to tell the story that God wants to tell through us, at some point, we are going to have to decide to go. We're going to have to decide to take a step of faith. We're going to have to decide to take a risk, to step out and try something and to do something and to leave what's comfortable and to leave what's known and to leave what's easy. We're going to have to decide to go. Week number five, it's going to be really exciting around here. We're going to have a huge party and we're going to have a baptism service. And for many of you, that might be the next step on your spiritual journey. That's what we're going to be talking about that day in particular, taking your next spiritual step. And by the way, baptism, uh, it is a symbol. It represents the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And it symbolizes not just that. Think of it this way. It symbolizes a new beginning. A new beginning to a story, a fresh start, a, uh, a new birth. And so that one small spiritual decision to, uh, to go public with your faith as it is has the potential to impact the story that you're going to tell for the rest of your life. So that's what we're going to do. That's where we're going over the next five weeks. We're going to make a decision to start, to stop, to stay to go, to take a spiritual step, and possibly get baptized. Now today, here's what I want us to do. I want us to talk about deciding to start something. Maybe again, it's, that, it's a discipline or a habit in your life that could be absolutely life-transforming. Now, here's what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to think about it in terms of, you know, starting like a big business venture or some huge leap of faith or, you know, doing something big or some kind of, you know, big ministry or something like that. That's week four, okay? Hang on a little bit. We're going to talk about that when we talk about deciding to go. But today what I want us to talk about is starting that one small thing, that one small habit or discipline that does have the potential uh, to change the story of your life. And so each week, what we're going to do, and this is what I love about Coastal, each week we're going to look at uh, a story in the Bible about someone who makes some decisions that ends up changing the direction of, our, of their lives. And then, this is what I'm really excited about as well, each week what we're going to do is uh, we're going to show you a three to four minute uh, video testimony of real, live, everyday people from our church who've had their lives changed by Jesus, by the church. And what I think you're going to see really quickly today is how, as you watch the video, how, you're going to see how they, uh, how they decided to start something, to stop, to stay, to go, how they made a spiritual decision, and how it absolutely got a hold of them, how Jesus got a hold of them and changed their life forever. So this is, we're going to have a powerful time together over the next five weeks. And I would challenge you not to miss it, and I'd challenge you today to invite and bring a friend to come back with you. Now today, 
Uh, we're going to look at one of my favorite uh, characters in the Bible. In fact, this is one of these guys where, truthfully, I've been kind of uh, waiting on doing an entire series on his life. And I've, I've thought about it and prayed about it, so I'm sure sometime in the near future uh, we're going to do this. But today I want to talk about Daniel. Now, Daniel is one of those kind of popular characters in Scripture that a lot of people know a lot about, but we know some very particular stories about Daniel. Probably a lot of you, if you grew up in church, you've heard of Daniel and the what? Daniel and the lion's den, right? I mean, that's, that's one of those great stories. It's one of my favorite stories. One of the reasons why I really love the story of Daniel and the lion's den is for me, theologically, it really proves that cats are evil. And um, so... You know, don't get upset with me. Just take it up with God. I'm just the messenger, okay? Because it's true, cats are evil. So uh, don't send me an email or anything like that. Anyway, um, but if you know the story of Daniel, part of his story is that uh, Daniel was looked favorably upon by, by King Darius. And uh, at this moment in history, King Darius had selected, the Bible says, 120 satraps. And satraps were like governors in that day to rule a certain part of the territory. And uh, King Darius picked three guys to kind of rule over the 120, and Daniel was one of those three. In fact, Daniel even rose to lead everyone. In fact, Daniel so stood out with his integrity and his leadership skills that, again, basically King Darius said, hey, I want him not just in the three, but I want him to lead, you know, put, put him in charge of everyone and everything. And so what happened is that those 120 and the rest of them got very, very jealous of Daniel. And so you know, if you read the story on your own, they basically try to conspire to do away with Daniel. And so this morning we're going to pick up with the story in Daniel chapter 6, uh, beginning in verse 4. And again, I would encourage you to go home maybe read uh, the whole story uh, for yourself. But beginning in verse 4, it says this. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. So... Stop right there. You know, obviously, what are they trying to do? They're, they're trying to, they're, they're looking for dirt. You know, they're, they're basically saying, hey, let's find some trash. Let's find some reason, you know, to put this guy, you know, out. And we're, we're going to make some charges against him. But they couldn't find anything. In fact, the Bible says they could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, hey, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So they come up with this plan. And again, you can read uh, the details for yourself. They basically uh, go to King Darius and say, hey, King, you're awesome. You know, we got a great idea. Wouldn't it be wonderful that during this period of celebration for the next 30 days that nobody, nowhere would be allowed to pray to any God or anything or anyone except for you. And then if anybody is caught praying to, you know, anyone or anything except for you, we're going to throw them into the lion's den to be, to be eaten and be, be killed, to be destroyed. And the king was like, wow. That sounds awesome. You know, let's make it a law. Nobody's can pray to anyone except for me. And if they do, they'll be thrown into the lion's den. Now, think about this for a second. Why? Why was Daniel 
you know, set apart? Why was he such a man of integrity where they could find no corruption in him? Why did the king promote him? And then if you read the story, why did God show favor upon Daniel in the lion's den and deliver him? I mean, it's, a, it's an unbelievable story. Well, today I want to focus on why. Why this even happened? Well, because years earlier, Daniel had made a decision. And here's the key. He made what looked like, I'm sure to everybody, a just seemingly small, insignificant decision that ends up changing his life. Help making him into the man of integrity that he became. Changed the whole trajectory, the whole story that he ends up telling. Verse 10. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and did what? What does it say? He prayed. He prayed, giving thanks to his God. Now, Here's the phrase, though, that I really want to key in on, and I want you to notice. So he gets three times a day, you know, he gets, you know, he points to Jerusalem, he gets down on his knees, he prays, he gives thanks to God, just as he had what? What are the two words? Just as he had done before. Just as he had done before. Now think about this. Nobody really knew at this point, you know, how long this had been the pattern of Daniel's life. I mean, the reality is, as you read the story, it would probably been his, his habit for years now. I mean, basically, all throughout the day, Daniel stops whatever it is he's doing, and he keeps an appointment with God, the one true God. He kneels down before him. He aligns his heart with God. He worships God. He prays to the one true God, and he aligns his heart with the heart of God so that God's will would be done in his life. Now think about that. Why was he successful? Why was he a man of integrity? Why did, why did the king and everybody else look with favor upon him and rise to influence? Because earlier in his life, he had made the choice, the decision to align his heart with the heart of God, and it transformed his story into the story that Daniel would tell and God would tell through Daniel's life. And, now, and, and oh my goodness, think about it. And now here we are thousands of years later and we're still telling the story. I mean, wouldn't that be awesome that you make a decision, just a small, seemingly, you know, somewhat insignificant decision in the history of your life and it ends up changing the trajectory of your life and you tell a story worth telling and then People, generation after generation after generation for years. I mean, your great-great-grandchildren are getting together at unions telling a story about you and what you did. Now, I want to pose two questions today. I don't have a lot of fill-in-the-blanks on the outline today. I got two. And they're two questions. They're very simple questions. But I want you to ask yourself this. What is the story that God wants to tell five years from now in your life? The fill in the blank is, what story does God want me to tell? Now I bet if you're real honest today, you, you could just sit back and, and, and just honestly say, yeah, you're right. 
You know, there is this one area of my life, Pastor Chris, there's this, you know, there's this chapter that maybe it's not really where it should be, or quite honestly, the chapter that I'm writing right now, I mean, I can see the writing on the wall, I know where this is headed, and, you know, it's not going to end well unless I make some changes. What story does God want you to tell? And I don't know what that particular area of your life might be, there's some blanks there for you to write down something, but maybe for you today... Maybe it's a different financial story. And maybe today, if you were to start just this one discipline, you made a choice today, and I don't know what that would be for you. Maybe for you it's to you know, join that next Dave Ramsey financial peace class or to, or to make a budget or to go home today and cut up all your credit cards. But if you were to, to start getting a hold of your finances today and you made a decision today or a choice today, five years from now, your story might be a little bit different. And it might be something like this. You know, maybe you could sit back and say then, go, man, you know what? I, I can hardly believe it, but man, I remember what life was like five years ago. Man, we were living paycheck to paycheck. We were drowning in debt. But then we decided to start blank. And you could fill in the blank. And then you would say, you know, but man, and then after five, Really long, disciplined, hard-fought years. Man, we're completely out of debt, debt-free. Paid off our student loans, everything. Maybe that could be your story. If you started today, that choice or that discipline, that habit that allows you to tell a different story tomorrow. Again, I don't know, maybe for you it's a a vocational story. Maybe you're a student today or you're a young adult or a single mom and man, you're trying to figure out what am I going to do with the rest of my what? Life. By the way, do you know what you're really saying when you say that? What does that mean? You know what I, what I think it means? You're trying to figure out what story you're going to tell with your life. Well, I don't know, again, vocationally. Maybe for you, man, you hate school. Oh, my goodness, you hate school. And it doesn't come easy to you, and you don't see where the money's going to come from. But you decide to sign up for that class. You enroll at Trident. You finish that degree. Maybe for you it means late nights and, you know, living at home and, or working during the day, taking classes at nights. I don't know, but five years from now, the story that you're going to tell will be different because of the choices you make today. I want to, and, I, and I, I usually do this and I want to do it today. I want to open up and just be real with you um, from my heart how this has affected me this week, this, this idea of the story I want to tell. Um, this past Monday, I got a text from one of my, one of my best friends in life, uh, Buck Wardle. You've heard me talk about him before, Pastor Buck. And, um, and the text simply said, uh, call me. It's an emergency. And uh, Buck is the pastor of a church up in Virginia. And uh, I called him up, and he told me the news. Uh, one of our, our mutual best friends... Scott Gamble, had just died of a heart attack. And uh, I've, I've known Scott uh, since I was about 16 years old. 
and uh, Scott and Buck, they're a few years older than me. And what's interesting is that I ended up a few years later meeting them at that camp that I decided to go to, that one small decision when I got saved. Again, I look back at that and I think, man, what a, what a huge impact that had on my life. And it was a few years later that I met them there at that camp. I was in high school and uh, Scott and Buck were traveling for the Bible college that we all ended up uh, going to and uh, we became lifelong friends. You know, I got about four or five pastor friends in my life that, uh, that I talk to every week and uh, Buck and Scott are two of those friends of mine. And uh, Scott was in my wedding. Um, again, we, we talk, talked at least once a week. Talked about life and family and ministry and you and um, all kinds of things. The truth is, like me, uh, Scott was overweight. And uh, he was just 52 years old. Five years older than me. And uh, like me, and, and maybe like some of you today, uh, Scott struggled with his weight most of his life. Well, he had been doing something about it. Uh, in fact, uh, he had lost some weight. And this past Monday morning, as was his routine, he was out walking with his wife, Vicki. And they were walking on a trail um, not too far, actually, from the church where he pastored. And uh, in fact, you could see the church from maybe kind of like, you know, imagine like a greenway or something like that. Well, they were, uh, they were out walking on this trail with another couple from the church, actually just a couple of other ladies who were out walking. And uh, Scott had kind of walked ahead of them a little bit, and he stopped at a bench on the trail, and he stooped over, and he dropped dead of a heart attack. Uh, Scott and Vicki had six children, six boys, between the ages of 10 and 24. So, maybe like me, you know, you need to ask yourself, what habits, what choices what disciplines could I start today that would enable me to tell a different story five, five years from now? Which really leads me to the second question. Again, think about it. The first question is, what story does God want me to tell? And then the next part of this really is where the rubber meets the road. It's the application side of the question. What do you need to start? is the next blank. What do you need to start in order to tell the story that God wants you to tell? Now, here's the key, though, today, okay? And this is really important. What, what I want you to do today is to pick one thing and only one thing. Everybody raise their hand up, do a little number one. And the way to think about this would be like to remember it is Clemson's number one. There you go. Oh, man. That was a terrible game last night. Anyway, okay. But that's a good way to remember it. One, one, one thing. Or Carolina, whatever you want to say. Anyway, um, but uh, because I don't know if you're like me, but you're, I'm sure like me, you're tempted to do what I, I'm tempted to do many times. Because I'll look at my life or I'll look at an area of my life and I'll go, man, I need to do like these eight or 12 things. And then you kind of get started and you're thinking, I'll do these seven or nine. And then you don't end up doing anything, right? You know, instead of the one thing, you do no thing. So Pick one thing, commit to one thing, and pray and ask God, God, 
What story do you want me to tell? What one choice could I make today that could enable me to tell the story that you want me to tell in the future? Let's talk about it. You know, for some of you, you have a deep, deep hurt from your past that you struggle with, an addiction, unforgiveness, and, and you need to start counseling. You know, you need to see somebody who's got some wisdom who can say, you know what, here's some of the lies that you've been, been believing, and here's the truth of what God's word says about you that you need to renew your mind with, and so you need to start that. And I, I want to give you some encouragement today that we actually provide that here at Coastal. We have a counseling uh, ministry here. And if you were to write that on your Connect card, I need to see a counselor. Man, we'll, we will hook you up with a counselor through Coastal. Some of you... Some of you might be married and your marriage is not what it should be and you know it, man. You know you've just been kind of floating along and you need to start something that would enable you to tell a different story five years from now. And maybe, you know, maybe for you that's to start praying together. Let me tell you something. It's amazing what praying with your spouse every day could do for the trajectory of your marriage. Because you can't be real mad at somebody for real long if you know that you got to sit down and pray together because you know you gotta work, you got to work it out. Guys, it's really hard to look at pornography earlier in the day if you know you got to sit down and pray with your wife at some point. It's hard to hold unforgiveness in your heart when you know you got to pray with this person. Maybe you need to start reading your Bible together. Maybe you have not been alone without your children since 1985, okay? And it's time for a date night. And you make that decision that, you know, every week we're going to set aside some time to spend together. And then five years from now, listen to me, you're going to look back at today and the decision that you make, and you're going to say, wow, I remember back when. When we started the date night, or we started praying together, we started reading our Bible, whatever it is for you, and you're going to say, man, it changed everything. Some of you, if you're just really honest today, you would say, when I look at my spiritual life, Pastor Chris, it's not where it should be, and I know it. And it took me everything in my power just to be here today, and I know I'm not where I should be, and I know something's missing, I know something's not right. Maybe for you, I'm not sure, maybe... The choice that you make today is just start making church a priority in your life. And listen to me, I'm not, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying just go to church. I'm not saying church attendance, okay? I'm not stupid. You're not either. I mean, going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to Chick-fil-A makes you a chicken sandwich, okay? It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. That's not what happens. But what I'm talking about is you get involved, and, and you, you get involved with a group of people, and, and, and you start using your gifts and your talents, and you contribute, and you're a prayer warrior, and you engage in the community of the church, and you invite and bring people, and it becomes family. Some of you might make the decision to join a life group this week. And that's the other reason why this Sunday is so, so awesome today is because this week begins our, our, our life groups this semester. And you can sign up for a life group today, either on your Connect card right where you're at. You can go home and sign up online from our website. You can go out into the Welcome Center, and there's a display and a table in there, and you can sign up for life groups. And what you're going to do is you're going to get involved with a group of people just like you, and at some point, what's going to be cool is that you're going to hear a little bit of their story. You're going to share a little bit of your story. 
And potentially, man, you're going to pray together and laugh together and serve together and learn together. And simply put, you're going to do life together. You see, I don't know what it is that you need to start, but chances are if you would seek God today, if you would ask him, you know what you need to start. Again, the question is, what story does God want you to tell? And do you want to live a story worth telling? Or one day, do you just want to look back at this time in your life and just be embarrassed by this chapter? The decisions that you make today help determine the story that you're going to tell tomorrow. And if you would just fix your eyes on Jesus, the what? Author and the perfecter of your faith. See, you don't need to clean up anything to come home to God. He is the author and he is the perfecter of your faith. He could help you write a brand new story. In fact, what's awesome is that he'll take all of the screw-ups and the mess-ups and the chapters of your life that you feel embarrassed by and he will bring something beautiful out of it. And it'll be a wonderful story. Again, Daniel aligned his heart with God just as he had done before. Why was it that 120 politicians could find no fault in his life? Because at some point, he made the small decision. Maybe other people thought it was a real insignificant decision. But he made that one decision to align his heart with God, and because of that, he's telling the story that God wants to tell through him, and we're still telling it today. What story do you want to tell? What decision do you need to make? I'm going to sit down, and I want you to point your, your eyes and your direction up onto the screen, and I want you to listen to a story by real-life people, everyday people here at our church who made some decisions, and it ended up changing the story that they now tell. Watch this. Life before Jesus, I was chasing everything. Drugs, especially. Our marriage was uh, on the outs. I mean, she'd done been to divorce lawyers. I've left the house a couple times. I mean, it really had a hold, hold of us. So it was um, August 26th of 2010, and I was an addict. I was just at the end of my rope, and I couldn't do it anymore, so I decided I was going to end my life, and I got on the computer, and I searched how to commit suicide by carbon monoxide, because I just wanted to go to sleep. I didn't want to feel the pain anymore. Got in my car, and I got the, I got the hose, and I put it in my exhaust, and I put it through my window, and I sat there 
and I just waited and I cried and I was thinking about my kids and my husband and my mama and I just didn't know any other way so it wasn't working I wasn't I wasn't sleepy so I was like god I can't even do this right like I am useless I'm worthless so I went back upstairs and I pulled up the same website and it was talking about how um, cars are made more efficient these days they don't put out the exhaust like they used to but it literally tells you how to do it and I'm crying and I'm reading all this stuff like I'm, I'm gonna go do it and at the very end of the page I feel like the Lord put that there for me it changed my life that day there was one sentence at the bottom of how to kill yourself and it said I sent my one and only son to die for you and he shed his blood on the cross what more can I do and at that moment I picked up the phone I called Pastor Chris I said Pastor Chris this is Christy I'm Greg Orr's wife I'm an addict and I don't know what to do I gave my life to the Lord that day I surrendered everything Coastal, Coastal literally was a lifesaver for us. I mean, it just literally was. You know, when we when we first started coming here, we, we took a love and respect course that Pastor Chris and Janet was teaching. And that's when we were like, mm-hmm. it was just, you know, we were trying to figure out how to get along. So, you know, we got through the course, and then with Pastor Chris, like, you know, I, I foresee y'all leaving this course in the future. We were like, you're funny, Pastor Chris. And we led love and respect last year. Well, life is hard, and it's still, it still is very hard. But yeah. I have that confident assurance that anything that's happening in my life, whether it's something I don't like, something bad, something good, like, I trust Jesus, and I know that even the bad stuff, oh my gosh, look at all the bad that we've had, and what a beautiful story we have to tell now, and it's because of Jesus. Amen. What a beautiful story they have to tell um, because of Jesus. One small, seemingly insignificant phone call four years ago changed the story of their lives, their family, their friends, for years and years and eternity. What story do you want God to tell through your life? What, uh, what do you need to start today? You know, for some of you, it is the decision to come home, to come, to come to God. And I know some of you are thinking, yeah, but Pastor Chris, again, you don't know what I've done or where I've been, and, the, and the, the road back is so long and so hard, and that's where you need to hear it's not. It's just one small decision, because God is right there. He is right there with open arms. 
You don't have to clean your life up. Again, why? Because he is the author and the perfecter of your faith. Because of Jesus, he'll look at you as brand new and clean. And you can come home today. We all have decisions to make. But those decisions that we make today help determine the story we're going to tell tomorrow. If you'd like to come home today through faith in Christ, it is as beautiful and wonderful and yet as simple as a prayer. And so I'm going to pray with you. And I want everybody now just to bow your heads and close your eyes. We're going to pray together. And maybe you're here today, and like Christy and like Greg, you're ready to come home and to give your life to Christ. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for this idea of telling a new story. And um, Father, I thank you for uh, just all the miracles that you're doing right here and right now. And Father, I believe that there are people here, uh, men, women, students, who are ready to come home. And maybe like, like Christy and Greg share, they, they have a story that maybe you have a story today you feel almost embarrassed about. You never want anybody to know or hear about. And yet, if you would just turn it over to God, it could become a beautiful, powerful testimony. Listen, cry out your heart to God right here and right now. And just say something like this in your heart. Dear Heavenly Father, God, forgive me. Today, I want to come home. Thank you for loving me just as I am. Thank you for accepting me just as I am. Father, today I, I, I believe that my, my, the, the mess-ups of my life, the, the ugly parts of my life, the sin in my life, you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for those things. In fact, in many ways I understand now that it was my sin that put him on that cross. But Father... Your love and your power were so great that death could not contain him. He rose from the dead and he is alive. Today, as much as I understand it, I believe it and I accept it. And I put my faith in him and in him alone. No longer am I going to either rebel and run away or try to work and earn favor by religion. Today, Father, I thank you for the relationship that I have. And for the rest of my days, I just want to follow Jesus. Thank you for making me brand new. Thank you for making me clean, not because of me or because of who I am, but because of Jesus and his great love for me. Father, help us all today to make those decisions that we need to make to tell the story that you want us to tell. We love you, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.